Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 71, and we welcome back on the show today, Matt Lovell from Amino Man. Today, we're going to be discussing SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder, and giving some practical advice on how we can overcome it. Hi, Matt. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me on again, mate. Nice one. No, thanks for coming on. It was, um, it was quite timely. And for the, for the benefit of the listeners, the reason why Matt Lovell's, uh, I asked Matt to come back on is because he recently released a really interesting article, which I believe is quite timely for this time of year. And that is around um, SAD, which is a seasonal affective disorder, if I've got that right, Matt. Um, and I think that there's many people that will struggle with that in normal times, you know, get, coming, get, getting up in the dark, going to coming home out of work in the dark. But obviously, we're in lockdown 2.0, as it's being termed. You know, there's going to be an increased pressure on things like this. So I wanted to get Matt to come back on to really explain, you know, what SAD is, um, how we can identify it, and then what we can do to kind of mitigate against it. So, yeah, over to you then, Matt, really. It'd be good to kind of get some background as to why you felt that it was necessarily to kind of write that article in the first place and then, yeah, into explaining it, really. Like I was saying, it's over to you and just to really kind of explain why you felt the need to, to, to write that article in the first place, you know, what SAD is, how we can identify it, and then what we can do to mitigate against it. Right, so... I, I mean, I've been interested in this area for quite a long time because um, I personally used to suffer from quite low mood state in, mm. in the winter months. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, what is it? What might be causing it? And in that very human way, <laughs> um, you'd sort of suffer from it and then the spring would turn up and then you'd kind of forget about it. And then the following year, you'd be back in the hole again and thinking, what's going on and what's wrong, what's wrong with me again? Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I tried to get the information out early, uh, you know, around the time the clocks, um, the clocks go forwards. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then to, to get some strategies in place that people can start thinking thinking about to prevent the, the low mood state, which it comes under an umbrella uh, phrase, seasonal affective disorder or SAD, you know, yeah. so, so acronym kind of sad, sadness that you might get. And it's, it, it, was, um, it was sort of thought up by someone called Norman E. Rosenthal. He's, he's a guy in the 80s, but obviously it's been around... A, a lot longer before that and it's thought to be you know a collection of depressive type symptoms um which are associated with the darker winter months mm-hmm. and often often exacerbated by 
uh, lack of light, uh, lack of serotonin, and then possibly compounded by um, <clears throat> a lack of vitamin D from right. you know directly from the sunlight. And the, the, there's a few other theories that we you know we naturally slow down at, at this sort of time in the kind of hibernation um, yeah. type scenario. So you know we we want we perhaps crave crave more carbohydrates so uh, our, our back our back brain is sort of forcing us to eat maybe more carbohydrates to lay down more body fat you know because potentially the winter month is is a threat in terms of food scarcity so you mm-hmm. get a, you get a little bit of that you you certainly you're inside more so there's there's less sun anyway but you're also inside more so you stay warm Mm-hmm. there's definitely a decrease in your in your natural ability to synthesize vitamin d from from sunlight okay uh and then there's a few other things which are quite interesting which so some countries like iceland and japan don't tend to get the same severity of symptoms right okay people think that it, it might be because they have a much higher intake of uh, omega-3 via fish right. so nat- they're naturally getting a serotonin boost via the the omega-3 pathways which supports um, natural serotonin production so yeah that's that so that's that's the sort of collection of things that can happen right all at once mm-hmm. you know and and uh, and contribute to that to that low mood state mm. um I think there's some other things that happen as well in that we've got Christmas, which is quite good fun, but then invariably after Christmas, we've spent lots of money and, and uh, we're sort of waiting for that um, January pay packet. So there's a, there's a lull in that sort of sense, all the, all the merriments out the way. Yeah. And suddenly you think you're out of the winter, but you've got a good couple more months where it's still going to be cold and dark and windy and, and all that, and you might not have that much cash flying about. Mm. And look, look, right now, we've also got all this lockdown madness, which is making people, you know, it's it's stress on stress, isn't it? Mm. Because people have got worries about their income, their jobs, uh, the uncertainty around the future. Even though the, um, the vaccine news is very welcome that that's going to be a few months before it's probably widely available yeah yeah and and then and then you know it's thinking well what can we do you know what can we do to turn that around and i think is very common you know and it's it's something that people should talk about more particularly you know particularly uh in the male population and so all, all the things that can help combat seasonal affective disorder can also help you combat a low mood state in general. Um, and I, I think the, the, main, the main neurotransmitter to focus on would be um, serotonin. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, know, you, can, you can build that up in a variety of ways. You can build it up um, through, through the sort of classic... Uh, mindfulness type stuff which is it's almost um talked about too much in some ways uh, somehow 
people banging the mindfulness drum, even though it works, yeah. it, you know, sometimes when it's, when it's everywhere, people switch off to that a little, a little bit. Yeah. So it's thinking about things which can keep you happy generally. Yeah. And I did, I did another post on that this morning, actually, but there's, there's some really good things that have got nothing to do with mindfulness or supplements that can help keep you happy. Um, a couple that spring to mind. One was, one was playing um, uh, bird songs. So okay. That sort of dawn chorus really yeah. sw- switches on happy chemicals. Um, drinking, drinking a coffee can really help because yeah. it's, it's associated with improved mood states. Um, the B vitamins that you get from things like Marmite, they, they, came out, they come out good. They're very good for increasing stress resistance and yeah. uh, mood state. And then, and then all the, you know, all the normal stuff such as, uh, great being grateful, um, yeah. kindness, sort of reaching out to people and bigging them up, which mm. is sometimes easy to forget to do if you're too, you know, overly focused on the stuff that's going on in your own life. And, yeah. and you know, if you're at home a lot too, um, and then, and then look, you can, you can do some obvious stuff. So if if it's not very light outside, um, then you can bring you can bring those light boxes inside. Yeah. So you know you can get very good medical grade light boxes off off Amazon, and then the idea there is as soon as you wake up, you switch those on, and they 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 give you enough kind of natural light to counteract some of the depressive symptoms you get from not yeah. being exposed to enough normal sunlight. And then you can start thinking, well, if the sun's not shining, then of course you can, you can put the vitamin D in the system um, via vitamin D rich foods and plus supplements. Yeah. Um, it's normally a good idea to do a bit of both. So mm-hmm. lots, lots of oily fish and then maybe a, a good, a good vitamin D supplement on top of that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, that, that has a dramatic effect on mood state. Yeah, I think um, if the first time I tested my vitamin D, it was like twenty seven, twenty eight. Right. Okay. Super, super low. Yeah. And you sort of you you wonder why you're craving sunlight all the time, and as soon as it's sunny, you're out there sunbathing, and suddenly you feel yeah. brilliant all summer. You yeah. Because you've corrected the deficiency. Yeah. And I I think I think actually also there is as well as counteracting some of the negative um, seasonal effects of winter, it, it is also nice to roll with the seasons a little bit. Yeah. So we can, you know, we can perhaps squirrel in, maybe get some more sleep, mm-hmm. you know, earlier nights. And and uh, the the winter season in athletics, off, often the, it lends itself to some heavier training. Mm-hmm. So with heavier training, then... It's it's good to really focus on uh, intensive recovery. Mm-hmm. Sleep is a really good way of, uh, you know, an essential way that we undergo the recovery process. So, yeah, you know, opportunities in lockdown present themselves, so you can actually pr- perhaps time a siesta, yeah, in the afternoon and t- you know, especially if, like you said, you're going into an intensive period of training on yeah. Tuesday and uh, you can you can do your morning session, 
good you know good recovery food and then perhaps a little snooze and then it'll set you up for the second session of the day yeah 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 i think there's there's loads that you've kind of you've highlighted there but i think i think at the start i think it's very important that we're introspective so that we are more aware about you know how we're feeling and being aware of the time of year that it is um and you know just that introspection to you know how you're feeling and not brushing it off because i think particularly men would maybe just brush off the fact that you know it's they're not feeling a bit they're feeling a bit low or they're not kind of really on it and and just dismiss it at the fact well it's either they're working too hard or what and that might well be the case but it's that introspection which makes you kind of stop and pause and think well really i you know i shouldn't need and shouldn't be feeling like this and don't need to feel like this so what do i need to do in order to kind of change things um and and like you said as well rolling with the seasons i think is a very important distinction to make it's realizing that we are coming into that winter period we do have you know less light less vitamin d um and and there's obviously like you said you know the the hot the the period that we're in at the moment with lockdown covid and everything else you know naturally people are going to become a little bit more stressed and stress shows itself in different ways, doesn't it? Not necessarily, you know, if you're an extroverted person, you might show stress outwardly, but sometimes people keep that stress in, don't they? And they just kind of dwell on it. They do. They really do. And that, and that's the thing when you're on your own a lot or more often than you would be otherwise. Yeah. It's very, it's very easy to slip into that introspection and negative self-talk if you're not careful yeah there's some nice questionnaires you can do actually around mood state Mm -hmm. so uh, i listed some of them in the blog there's um there's a there's a neurotransmitter questionnaire okay on um a site uh called bravamantest.com um and then there's a profile of mood state on a a site brianmack.co.uk okay so they're, they're quite nice places to start just to, if you do suspect you've got a low mood state, you can get some sort yeah. of num- numbers on it so that then yeah. once you put a couple of protocols in place, you can then measure the, measure the improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, it's an essential thing that people don't do too much of. And one of the reasons perhaps that you can slip back into the same habits the following year, mm. if you've not quantified anything. Yeah. And, and acknowledged it and, as an issue and got some numbers on it. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, there are some sl- there's some slightly more advanced mood stabilizing, you know, natural supplements. Yeah. I think are are useful, um, particularly if you suspect low serotonin. Right. Um, okay. Five HTP is a really good one. Okay. Um, now that, that comes in varying strengths and 50 milligrams is quite a, a high dose. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll sort of know if you've had too much, <laughs> you can wake up a bit sort of even more foggy than you might do anyway on a winter's morning. Right. Um, but you can take much more than that if you've got a low mood state, but it's good mm. to s- start with a low dose rather than I mean, some of the supplements I've seen on Amazon, they're like 400 milligrams. Right. So that's a lot. You, it's better to buy the 
the smaller doses and then build up if you need it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's important to note that anything that you take for serotonin uh, shouldn't be used in conjunction with pharmaceutical antidepressants. Right, okay. So basically, more or less all antidepressants, SSRIs, like Prozac, etc., mm-hmm. they, work, they work by stopping your your body or your brain breaking down serotonin. So you've got, you've then got more serotonin in the system. Mm-hmm. So if you then throw in a serotonin precursor right. plus, plus an SSRI, you can get too much. Yeah. And that, that can cause serotonin sickness, which is right. you know, not, not good. Um, yeah. So you, you know, if you're already on medication, then that's, don't don't be messing too much with the serotonin precursor natural supplements. In other words, you can you can take fish oils and <clears throat> things like that, which don't, they work as they work as sort of alongside uh, that kind of medicine. You can take vitamin D, that's fine, but you wouldn't be taking five HTP or another very good natural antidepressant herb, which is St John's Wort. Okay, right. That's also one to watch because. It's it's powerful uh, for serotonin, but also it speeds detoxification of other medications. Oh, okay. Via, yeah, via a liver enzyme. So it can actually make your medication less strong. Mm. There was a case once of a lady on the contraceptive pill who was taking St. John's Wort, and then she got pregnant because it reduced <laughs> the effectiveness of the, yeah, yeah. Of the medication. So it is... It's, it is important. Yeah. Um, you can you can take uh, your sort of zinc and magnesium sleepy formulas. Yeah. They're, they're normally all fine. They work alongside. But mm-hmm. mo- mostly um, herbs like St. John's Wort, Valerian, it's always good to do a label check and double yeah. check any interactions with med- medication. Yeah, that makes sense. So – when we when we like looking at this and we potentially think that we have you know SAD or being affected by it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that our, the only way that we can really determine if we're deficient in vitamin D, vitamin B, serotonin, and all that kind of stuff is really a blood test. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> um, the I mean, c- certainly for. Um, identifying deficiencies in nutrients, the blood test is really the only the only definitive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are clinical symptoms of deficiencies. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can send you. Uh, I've got a spreadsheet of the the big ones. Okay, and and those can be used alongside a blood test. But normally, what those do is prompt the blood test. Mm. You might you know you might see that you've got lots of white spots on your fingernails, right. which is sign of zinc deficiency mm. and then you might um you might then go into do the blood test to see if it really is a zinc deficiency or have you just hit your fingers with a hammer too many times <laughs> yeah um the difficult one to test for properly is for the neurotransmitters okay because that's that's tricky uh from blood mm. um so that the there are some salivary um neurotransmitters test tests and there's a good book on this area called the Kalish method right where that he's got some 
very good functional tests for looking at neurotransmitter deficiency. Mm-hmm. But the neurotransmitter deficiencies or imbalances uh, is e- is much easier to do the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Although obviously that has a clinical limitation because it is just a questionnaire. Yeah. Uh, and depending on how you feel at the time of doing it, mm-hmm. it might, might lead you to suspect a deficiency which isn't actually there. Right. Okay. So, so it can give you a kind of ballpark sort of yeah. situation to work with, and then you can go on to do some of the more salivary-based right. neurotransmitter tests afterwards. Okay. So if we believe that we are suffering from it, like I said, um, and obviously we, you know, there's many people listening to this that are not going to do a blood test. However, what I would say is that it's very, very insightful now to actually have that done. And there's so many things online. But what I would say also is that you need somebody to decipher it for you, a medical practitioner or something like that. Um, and, you know, so, so not many people will have a blood test, but, but if we believe we're kind of suffering it, you know, what would you say, before we get to supplementation, what would you say are the go-to things that you would recommend that people could do, you know, things like sleep and, you know, getting out in whatever light that we do have, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these are the things that everyone knows they need to do, mm-hmm. but it's quite easy not to do them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the kind of ABCs of um, keeping yourself strong as a human. Mm. And it's the little, the little things that if you skip, one or two, then it can lead to a cascade of events, which then unravel and then lead you to, you know, less healthy habits. Yeah. And it starts, I think, with keeping to uh, a really good structured routine. Mm-hmm. And that would include, you know, brushing your teeth and having a shave. And I'm just feeling my beard now and realizing <laughs> I haven't had to shave for a couple of days. And, yeah. uh, and it, it would start with a simple stuff. And, and then, and then, yeah, you know, if you can get out for a walk in the morning for 30 minutes or even up to an hour, mm-hmm. that's going to be a great way to start your day because you get, you're going to get blood flow, light exposure and exercise. And you can then, you know, you can listen to a podcast. Yeah. You can, you can work through uh, the ins and outs of your day, your routines and everything else like that. And then that, that for, for me is a keystone habit because if someone's exercising in the right way, uh, it automatically leads into better food choices. Yeah. And then with the food choices, the more, the more carotenoids you can eat. So that cliche eating the rainbow, yeah, that ties directly into a more positive mood state. Right. So there's, you know, all the little chemicals in plants, herbs and spices mm-hmm. help everything in the body work better uh, including, you know, serotonin and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, and then I think it's on to the, you know, the, we've got a requirement for two things. We've got, you know, humans have a hunger for two things mainly. And the first is nourishment. And the second is, is basically love or social interaction. So then you have to think, right, what's happening around me with my relationships, with my coworkers and, you need to socially interact and, you know, tr- along the way, try and have some fun. Mm. So we all know 
the you know if you can laugh suddenly you release tons of immune boosting factors and and mood boosting factors yeah but the the laughter and the play comes on the back of having a sense of purpose right and and that's the bit which is tough for some people who might have lost their jobs yeah or, you know being an uncertain because they they may their their self-worth might be defined through the work yeah so then they might be in a situation where they've got to pivot quite quickly and go back in and reestablish that self-belief mm. and that you know that so that that's when it starts to get more complicated yeah maintain yeah. positive balance yeah it's um that is is what I like about that is it's very interesting, but I think it's hugely overlooked because I think as a, whatever you want to call us, a species, a human race, whatever, we love to go and look for complicated stuff, right? Yeah. And, you know, people listening to this, hearing you talk about purpose, self-worth and stuff like that might think that it's all a little bit woo-woo, but actually it's not. It's what drives us. It's, you know, as human beings, we have to have a sense of purpose, you know, and like you said, and I think that's such a key point, the fact that you said that we tie our self-worth to our careers, to our income, to, you know, that type of thing. And I think that's when that's taken away from you, that is a really hard thing to A, recognize that that's happened and B, be conscious of yourself that that's now going to detrimentally impact you instead of you know as what we're all told think positive think but yeah that's right and i agree with that but yeah i think you have to stop and reflect on that um i think that's really important what you said there thank you the um you know well it, it, it the thing is that you know you talk to all your friends and it, it's, it's happening now you know mm. uh, you know lots of people are you know in in a in a, a shaky place mm. i think i think if we go back to the, you know, food choices, yeah, you'll you'll wanna you'll wanna not be disrupting your blood sugar too much. So all the basic pillars of a healthy diet performance, yeah. you know, hyd- hydration, um, balancing blood glucose, taking yeah. enough essential fats, lowering inflammation, those are all vital. Yeah, and everything around sleep as well. So. Mm-hmm optimizing sleep as 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 well as you can yeah not being deficient in any nutrients and then i also think i think the other key thing is you know in in difficult times humans will seek uh uh, methods to you know dull the pain so you know be it booze or other 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 recreational drugs and if you look at the statistics on in that area, it's quite frightening the the amount of people that are relapsing back into addictive patterns right. uh, in the lockdown. Because e- even you know, I've been speaking to clients who might have had social drinks two or three times a week, yeah. And in lockdown, one they're drinking most nights because mm. they don't have to be up, they don't have to commute. You know, they've got more time on their hands, and then suddenly your weekly units uh, have at least doubled. Yeah. And, and we all know that if you do too much of that, that can 
exacerbate all the low mood state stuff. Yeah, massively. I think that has a huge knock-on effect because it's not the the act of actually consuming the alcohol in the first place. It's the like you say, it's the knock-on effect. But the knock-on effect is not just the hangover the next day if you drink that much, but it actually does pan out over like two to three days. Because I now I know I don't really drink anymore, but I now know that if I do drink. I'm going to f- be faced with a depressive state for the mm. next two to three days. And it's really, once, you, once you're aware of that, it's, it's not a nice place to be in. So I think, you know, whilst we might um, make light of the fact, oh, I'm having a few more drinks, you know, I've got to stop drinking the rest of it, really just take the time to stop and consider what that's doing to your state further on down, you know, a few days later. That's it. That's it. So Matt, with, with what I want to really delve into though is, you know, you've talked about foods that, you know, I think that's a really good point as well. The plate, the rainbow, um, making sure that we have a, a nice balanced plate, we're hydrating, we're getting sleep. So like you say, the pillars of, I guess, wellness almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot is spoken about vitamin D and obviously vitamin D naturally comes from light. I think I listened to something last week where they said that the government recommendations for our vitamin D intake was something like 500 IU, which is not enough as far as I understand. You'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But so there is a big, there is a big shift towards kind of supplementation. But one thing that I, well, there's two things actually. One is, is the supplementation and the fact that I believe you shouldn't be taking vitamin D on its own. It should be taken with K2 because that's the transport mechanism. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the whole kind of light box scenario. And what I mean by that is that there's been a big shift towards um, infrared light and sauna. So I'd really like to get your take on those two, really. Okay. So I think the, on point one on the vitamin D, I think you're right. I think, you know, 400 I use whilst better than taking none at all yeah is not really gonna support optimum vitamin d throughout the winter and i think i think for most people 2000 units is a is a safe place to yeah maintain vitamin d and you know um i mean i take i take at least 5000 and my level's still need a boost sometimes wow um the vitamin d council recommends a thousand units per 25 pounds of body weight so 12 12 kilos of body weight now that's that's quite a lot that might be a bit higher than i'd recommend without a blood test right but i think you know if you if if you're if you're a larger male four to six thousand and and if you're worried, just take two thousand from October through till yes through till April. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been known, I think nineteen seventy four. There was a letter written to the Lancet about two girls who had rickets and they were put on massive doses of vitamin D, um, like hundreds of thousands of units. Yeah, and they had no improvement in symptoms right and then it it they went on for further tests and they were both found to be magnesium deficient oh wow and once they corrected the magnesium deficiency 
the vitamin D began to work and then the rickets corrected. Right. So, it, so in terms of cofactors, you, you, need, you need magnesium to tell the calcium to go to the right places. Um, the vitamin D is going to support um, calcium trying to get into the bone, but it won't get into the bone without adequate magnesium. Mm. And what's known now as well is K2 is at least as important f- as vitamin D for bone mineral density, and it needs to be you know, also taken as a cofactor. Right, okay. You can, take, you can take them separately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I put them all into one product. That's, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, my vitamin D is a bit more like a, a sort of bone multivit w- without any calcium. Yeah. Um, calcium supplementation is a bit, it, you know, it's a it's an area of controversy because high doses on their own are good for some things and bad for others. Yeah. Um, it can be good for bone, good for um, colon health, but bad for uh, atherosclerosis. So bad for mm-hmm. you know furring up the arteries. See, that's why I don't like to put calcium in unless I've, you know, got a bit more knowledge about someone's yeah. uh, needs at that time. Yeah. Um, and there's a, the best source of calcium is basically made from ground up bones. Right. And um, you, can, you can get, there's a company called MRM and they do one called Bones. But really, to the rock calcium. But also, you you can get that calcium from making bone broth. Right. Okay. That I was going to ask. So that. that's the other way. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you you can, you can do that, and then you know only only take extra calcium if you know you've got low bone mineral density. Mm. Other otherwise, you can just get it from food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the light boxes. So. So on one hand, you've got you've got a light box, which will just be a, a very bright light. Yeah. So it and the reason the reason that will help with seasonal affective disorder is sometimes you can get prolonged. Uh, basically, your melatonin doesn't switch off. Right. So serotonin becomes melatonin, which makes you go to sleep. Right. But then in the morning you want you want you know you want your cortisol to go up, and you want all the melatonin to go away so you don't feel sleepy in the morning. Mm. And the fastest way to get rid of that is is with lots of natural light. Right. And it's one reason not why you don't shouldn't turn the light on when you go to the bathroom if you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Yeah. As soon as you turn the light on, it will switch off your melatonin and make it hard, harder to go back to sleep. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So if you if you've got those light boxes and that's going to kind of trick your brain into thinking it's definitely morning and not night. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to feel less generally lethargic. Yeah. And then the infrared is a slightly different story because so that's a, that's coming. It's a different light wave. And I'm, I, I'm a big believer in using infrared um, as a healing uh, accelerator Right. And also uh, potentially as a detoxification support, i.e. infrared sauna or or the big the big kind of infrared sleeping bags that you can buy. Yeah. 
I, I think I've used one of those for a few years now. Um, I've got the kind of blankets that you can wrap around your back or your leg or wherever that might be hurting too much. And it really does, um, it not, it dulls the pain and I, be, I believe it accelerates healing. Although, okay. uh, you know, it's N equals one, isn't it? Yeah. I, I haven't done the, you can't, you can't repeat the same injury and do the experiment on yourself. <laughs> and yeah. then, but they are really soothing. Um, and the big, the big sauna, um, sleeping bags, again you sweat like crazy so you you know you get the systemic benefit from sweating but obviously you can exercise to do the same thing yeah but i think it does do something a bit a bit deeper in the tissues and um i think you can overdo them a bit so you definitely feel you feel revved up afterwards if i if I've done them late in the day and even like five o'clock sometimes I can't get to sleep at night Mm Now the the evidence on it raising metabolism is a bit split. I don't think it's they're not they're certainly not a magic way to burn more fat. No. But I've personally found I feel slightly more uh like a maybe slightly raised heart rate afterwards. But that could just be the fact that you've exposed yourself to quite a high dose of heat for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to distinguish between the two. Yeah, but, but overall, yeah, I think you know, for the the small blankets are re- under a hundred pounds, so they're yeah, they're affordable adjunct. If anyone exercises hard, mm. there's always something that's niggling a bit, which needs yeah. some soothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> low, they're great for lower backs. I know you and I both suffer with lower backs, and so if I'm sat at my desk with a with a slightly sore back, I'll just wrap that round the lower back. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really good. Yeah. No, that's that's quite insightful, um, that stuff. I think the vitamin D uh conversation, I guess, or subject is very is is one that's very interesting. Um and I think the levels of vitamin D is quite um you know, quite profound in terms of the amount that we need, really. Um so I think, you know, if we're to summarize kind of things that people can do, I think the first thing, you know, is, is to be aware in the first place. And then the second thing really is to go back to basics and look at all different areas of your life, from your diet, from your sleep, to getting outside, to getting moving, um, I think is, is really, really important. But so Matt, what, what would you say the, would be the five key things for you which which people could could implement i think i think number one would be keep exercising outside and exposing yourself to as much natural light as you possibly can yep um number two would be eat as healthy as possible mm-hmm. as much oily fish and as and fruits and vegetables as, as you can so the rainbow plus plus lots of omega-3 yep uh number three would be um, supplementing with vitamin D. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to put them in order. I don't know if they're necessarily in order, but these are yeah. the like the top five. Uh, number four would be per- personal, um, looking after yourself, your relationships. Yeah. 
you, you you know your mood state via all the all this stuff we spoke about earlier mm-hmm. and then number five would be um sleep yeah yeah yeah, sort of, yeah I, I think yeah. I think the biggest one for me out of all of that is the relationships side of things and, and you know what I'll be the first first to admit that probably a few years ago I would have absolutely scoffed at the fact that we have to keep you know connection and relationships going and things like that but after kind of understanding you know the, the oxytocin the human connection that we need to have dramatically affects us um, I think that's hugely underestimated and I would I would probably hazard a guess that a lot of people listening to this probably haven't even considered that um, unless you are very tuned into yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important point to kind of to, uh, yeah, to point out. And then obviously Matt, you know, you've got your supplement, particularly around the D uh, and the K2, um, which I think is a good formulation with you. Did you say with magnesium in that as well? Yeah, that's got, um, that's got magnesium, it's got a little bit of zinc. It's got some manganese. It's got some okay. some boron. So it's got all the things which make sure calcium ends up in the right places in the body and not in the wrong places. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's uh, that's fantastic. Well, I do appreciate you coming on again today and talking about the the sad and and I hope people have got some great value from this and now can you know understand when they're being affected by it. Um, you know, the simple things that they can, they can do for it. So, so Matt, before I let you go, let's um, find out where everybody can connect with you, you know, Amino Man and all the rest of it. Yeah. So it's at aminoman.com. That's the easiest place to sort of read up on everything. And that's just the word amino and then the word man.com. Perfect. All right, Matt. Well, thanks very much for coming on and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up again soon. Nice one, Darren. Thank you, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. Listener.